Welcome to your Active's Tech Brief podcast. I'm Molly Colleen, and this week we'll be discussing the EU's regulation on political advertising. In 2020, the Commission launched a proposal for boosting transparency in political advertising as part of its Democracy Action Plan. The aim is to have the regulation, which is also intended to tackle disinformation during election times, in place ahead of the next round of European Parliament elections, which are set for spring 2024. Trilogue negotiations on the text have now begun, and so, to discuss the file's progress and what to expect as it moves forward, I'm joined today by the Parliament's rapporteur on the file, MEP Sandra Gozi. So, to start, maybe we can hear your thoughts on the file's progress so far. What were the most controversial points during the Parliament's negotiations, and what do you see as the main improvements that you've introduced into the text? Well, first of all, there is a, a strong interest uh, for this proposal because uh, we are uh, we are moving, uh, uh, we are working in uncharted territories in the sense that it is the first time in Europe, but I would say the first time in the world that we uh, tackle this issue within uh, our new strategy to strengthen uh, and better protect democracy in the European Union. So, I mean, this is a should be uh, underlined that uh, the first time that we man- we try uh, to um, regulate uh, through a comprehensive approach uh, the issue of political advertising in the European Union is the first time that we manage we 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 we, uh, we try to to uh, to tackle the issue of uh, the very sensitive issue of online political advertising. So the attitude uh, in the Parliament uh, was of, of course uh, positive and and uh, there was a strong interest uh, in this file. It is clear that uh, uh, it is uh, what were the most uh, difficult and controversial point. But first of all, the structure of the regulation itself, uh, because uh, for necessary uh, reasons, uh, it is based on two uh, strong legal pillars, which we need to um, uh, make make work together. The first. Uh, uh, it is uh, the single market because, after all, uh, one of the main uh, uh, aim of this regulation is to dismantle the barriers uh, to the services of political advertising in the single market, to build up uh, a truly single market for service political advertising. That means also to remove the barriers to uh, a new transnational politics and truly new transnational uh, political campaign. Because today we are fragmented, we have a situation of uh, which is fragmented among 27 member states, and we want to give the possibility uh, to uh, organization, political parties, NGO, really to carry out a truly transnational uh, issue-based campaign or political campaign. And the other pillar is the pillar of um, uh, data protection uh, of uh, the regulation uh, of on the on the data protection. Uh, and the issue in general of how, how uh, to uh, better regulate the issue of data protection uh, uh, linked to political advertising. So that was the main difficulties, which was also difficulties of, uh, I mean, uh, dialogue and uh, fine-tuning between the two main responsible committees, the Internal Market Committee 
and the uh, public liberties committees because uh, uh, in the uh, uh, very often irrational distribution of competence of the European Parliament, which is certainly not effective uh, in, uh, in general, not only on this file, in general in dealing with uh, issues which uh, cut across the competences of different committees, it was uh, already one of the main uh, controversial issues is to um, find a good balance, a good compromise between the instances and priorities of the single market, internal market committee and the um, instances and priority uh, of the uh, public liberties committee. The second point is was uh, um, uh, what about uh, uh, the uh, the scope how we why, and the definition i mean how we can um, better define uh, what is a political advertising should we uh, restrain this only to political advertising to formally electoral and political advertising or also to issue based campaign uh, that was certainly one of the uh, most debated issue. The fact that, I mean, uh, shall we apply this regulation in general to political advertising activities or we uh, restrain the uh, application of the regulation only to uh, services uh, of political advertising? And the third issue is uh, what about data? Uh, which data can be used for political advertising, uh, and uh, and which technique uh, can we use uh, for political advertising? I would say that uh, these were the most debated uh, points uh, in the uh, first reading of the European Parliament on this file. The first trilogue meeting was held earlier this month. Where did you start the discussions, and where do you see the most distance between the Parliament's and the Council's positions? The post-trilogue went very well. Uh, there was a very positive attitude from the three sides, from the Parliament, European Parliament side, because we have a strong interest in being ready ahead of the next European election of 2024, because all the political forces in Parliament are very well aware of the strong demand for uh, more transparency and uh, of the political activities in Europe and better protection for foreign interferences and also uh, better protection uh, of uh, personal data. There was also a positive attitude from the, count from the council side uh, because also in the council they are very well aware that uh, the time has come uh, to uh, develop European solutions, to find uh, European solutions to these issues. The Swedish presidency is very keen in uh, uh, finding a, a solution, a compromise uh, um, within the Swedish semester, so means, uh, by the end of June. And the European Commission rightly emphasized the importance from the democratic point of view uh, in the light also of, of uh, scandals like Cambridge Analytica, the importance of this file. Uh, so that was, uh, a, there was a common understanding uh, of the importance uh, of this uh, uh, new European law. And uh, we presented uh, the main uh, position, the main, uh, the main points of uh, each institution position, especially us and the Council, it is clear that, I mean, there are um, issues linked, as I said, uh, to uh, the scope, uh, to uh, 
the importance, uh, the legal importance of the notion of service of political advertising and uh, uh, about the possible different solutions on the issue of data protection, which in my view are, are going to be the most uh, debated and negotiated uh, uh, points uh, uh, within uh, both political and technical uh, meetings. Targeted advertising has been one of the most controversial aspects of the regulation. The final version of the Parliament's report is in line with the text that was proposed by the Civil Liberties Committee, restricting the use of personal data by advertisers unless it's been explicitly provided for this purpose, and also banning both micro-targeting and targeting based on the data of minors. There was even some dissent within your own political group, Renew, over the compromise that was struck here, with three MEPs abstaining from the final vote. What are your views on the terms that were reached on this issue? And what would your response be to the lawmakers who saw it as going too far? Well, first of all, the position of Renew was very clear. There was some member who thought that uh, the solution uh, find out by the Renew rapporteur Anna Donat uh, and the other groups uh, in the Public Liberties Committees um, uh, was, uh, for some aspect, uh, maybe too restrictive. But the Renew Euro position were, were, uh, was and is clearly in favor of this file. There are a few members uh, uh, that abstain, but that doesn't hamper at all the official position of Renew. It is uh, uh, their uh, right and it is their problem uh, to uh, being in dissent uh, with the group. Um, the, uh, but certainly, uh, this um, the point, the issue of um, which technique, I say, targeted advertising, uh, um, which techniques uh, uh, can be um, allowed or should be banned uh, when it comes to uh, political advertising has certainly been one of the most uh, controversial issues. Uh, within the parliament and uh, is going to be uh, one of uh, uh, the um, most, uh, in my view, uh, most negotiated issues uh, with, the, uh, with the council. Um, uh, the, the, to me, uh, I mean, I'm open uh, to uh, discussion. It is clear that uh, the parliament has taken a position. Uh, the commission had made a proposal which was uh, slightly different. The council has developed an approach which is, uh, uh, I mean, also uh, um, different uh, when it comes to some specific solutions uh, of data. Um, I think that uh, we must be uh, very constructive in the negotiations. Uh, I, my position uh, as a rapporteur, of course, uh, is that one of uh, defending the position of the Parliament on this specific case of uh, techniques, uh, as it is Article 12, as, as Article 12 was exclusive competence of the Public Liberties Committees, it will be more my colleagues from Public Liberty Committee that we will have to negotiate. That wasn't the, the outcome of my activity, but as a main responsible, the five main rapporteur, and I would say that uh, if we um, develop an approach which is based on consent, um, there are some techniques uh, which go beyond consent. And I do believe that uh, when uh, these techniques uh, are used for political advertising, that can be a reason for concern. Because uh, if you um, take infer that data or observe data, uh, those uh, 
cannot uh, be cannot work on consent because uh, they are inferred because they are observed beyond the fact that uh, we give our consent on this or not so yeah, whether on, on one hand uh, we can uh, say that the average consumer uh, can be satisfied uh, of being observed observed uh, and uh, uh, being a uh, sent uh, uh, offer f- to buy running shoes uh, or to uh, or buy the last uh, album of uh, his favorite uh, um, band, uh, rock band, when it comes of democratic processes, referenda process, referenda, uh, public issue campaign, we should wonder whether uh, inferred data, observed data shouldn't be banned. And this is the choice of the Public Liberties Committee. And uh, I think that around consent and around uh, the um, acceptability of certain te- techniques when uh, it, uh, they uh, affect uh, democratic and electoral processes, especially in the formal period of the election, I think that uh, these are the issue about which uh, about which we will have uh, we will have uh, to discuss uh, already uh, we um, of course uh, exempt uh, members of political parties uh, i think that um, a, a positive a satisfactory solution can be found also on this point it requires uh, a cooperation and common sense uh, from all the parties and also it will require cooperation and uh, sensible and not ideological position within the parliament. That is uh, my only message that I can give uh, to the member of the European Parliament, which we are less convinced, which was, was fought for this. Uh, uh, hey guys, uh, uh, the stakes at uh, issue, uh, the issues at stake uh, are very high. We are talking about democracy, we are talking about foreign interference, we are talking about manipulations, we are talking about of the political answer, European answer, legislative answer to the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Uh, so be less than ideological and show cooperation. I'm sure that, I mean, uh, this, will, uh, that this will happen. In any case, this is my attitude. Another key element of your report was the inclusion of an ad repository. The Greens put forward a proposal for this to be overseen by an independent regulator, the European Regulators Group for Audiovisual Media Services, or ERGA, rather than the Commission, due to concerns that this would be too political an oversight body. But this move was ultimately rejected. What do you think about the importance of ad repositories in general, and on this point about oversight responsibility as well? that it is a, a very good initiative that we took, that I took as a rapporteur, that uh, we took also under the initiative of uh, different political groups, uh, starting with the Greens, but also with Socialists and Democrats. Then uh, it is a very good solution in terms of supervision, in terms of accountability, in terms of memory of what happened, in terms of uh, possibility of verifying what happened, uh, even a few years after an election or referendum or a or a public debate. And uh, so I think that it is a very good instrument of transparency, of supervision, and of uh, accountability. And I think that uh, the Commission is perfectly equipped uh, to exercise its duty in an impartial manner, 
as uh, it is uh, bound to do so by the European Treaty. So I think that uh, uh, we must defend the solution as it got out uh, uh, of the Parliament. And on this point, we will have uh, to negotiate and to very well explain our reasons to the Council. Concerns were also raised about the scope of the proposal, especially by civil society actors who feared that the regulation could curb their freedoms of expression. Do you think the right balance was struck in protecting against this while ensuring the proposal does what it was intended to do? From the Parliament point of view, yes. Uh, I saw that uh, there were concern by civil society actors. I saw there were concern, especially by one big American digital platform, which has very, very, very active in spreading uh, information, which was not at all accurate. Uh, because uh, you, in a negotiation, you don't put together the, uh, at the beginning of a negotiation the text of the European Parliament, the text of the Council, and you spread alarm, and you call YouTuber, and you send note to YouTuber, and you ask YouTuber to call the rapporteur uh, to to do video saying that uh, the European Union is is uh, restricting the freedom of expression. I mean, this uh, this information campaign carried out. Uh, by a big digital platform, it is uh, very disappointing, especially as uh, as a rapporteur. I always uh, being uh, very open, active in the dialogue with all the stakeholders, civil society, digital platform, uh, um, civic organization, uh, consumer protection organization, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, uh, this campaign is... Uh, totally misleading and uh, it is not helpful at all because uh, uh, the campaign that should be done is the one to uh, help uh, the European Parliament to promote its own position. Our position is that uh, this uh, regulation should be based on one basic principle. This This regulation must apply to the services of political advertising and remunerated services of political advertising. And if we uh, insist on this, uh, if we uh, continue to insist on the fact that this regulation should apply to remunerated services of political advertising, uh, there isn't any risk uh, for any undue uh, consequences, any uh, uh, undue effect, uh, and there isn't any risk uh, for the activities of uh, um, influencers on Instagram, of YouTube, etc. And uh, I would expect, uh, uh, I would expect this uh, big platform to be more helpful in explaining this. Uh, it is clear that uh, um, we do not want at all and uh, to restrict uh, the. Uh, the freedom of expression, and we are open to any suggestion, even during the negotiation, uh, where if uh, uh, the potential, the compromise that will be found may present uh, potentially some risks. At the moment, we do not see any risk uh, if we look at the European Parliament position. And as a rapporteur, I'm here to defend the European Parliament position. Uh, we expect uh, uh, more uh, less uh, propaganda and more open dialogue information with uh, all the stakeholders, uh, starting from this big pl- uh, digital platform. And are there any red lines for you or for the Parliament more broadly that you won't be willing to cross in trilogue negotiations? No, because I don't think that I think that the importance of this uh, regulation for democracy for protection from foreign interferences, uh, for protection of our fundamental freedoms and the data, 
for the possibility of developing a new transnational dimension of politics and for campaigns by dismantling uh, the uh, national obstacles. And uh, uh, looking at the need to promote, to create a truly single market of service or political advertising, but these issues are of such an importance that I don't think we can allow to have red lines. We all need to have a very constructive attitude, and I do believe that uh, we can find, uh, if we all um, continue in this constructive attitude that uh, marked uh, the beginning of the negotiation, we can reach uh, a satisfactory compromise. But certainly, uh, for, for the respect that we own to democracy, for the respect that we own to the demand for more transparency from the citizens, for the respect that we own to our effort to build up a truly and functioning European democracy, we, should, we cannot afford to have red lines uh, on this file. So the Swedish presidency aims to reach a political agreement on this by June. How optimistic are you of this prospect? In my view, I mean, uh, uh, as in, in any good European negotiation, the issue is not being optimistic or pessimistic. The issue is being determined in uh, promoting uh, the proposal and in uh, uh, holding negotiation as intense as possible to reach uh, the common goal. I think it is possible to find a political compromise under the Swedish presidency. I will do anything I can to reach this goal because I see that uh, the interest and the attitude, the interest is very high from the Swedish presidency. The attitude of the presidency is very positive and constructive. So I think there are uh, the, the, the element and the, the, there is a possibility of uh, reaching agreement under the Swedish presidency. This would be of the utmost importance because, as I said, and this is shared also by the Swedish presidency, our common intentions is to be ready ahead of the next European election of 2024. And this means that it would be highly uh, recommended uh, to find an agreement before June of this year. That's all we've got time for today, but thank you to our guest, MEP Sandra Gozzi. You can sign up to receive our Tech Brief newsletter every Friday for an overview of the week's digital policy and politics news delivered straight to your inbox. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or Amazon Music. This podcast was produced with the technical help of Evie Curie. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.